Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Brother Gators. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in God's house today. And um, I'm so thankful for the people of God and for, for the opportunity to teach today. And um, I uh, um, give honor to our pastor and our pastor's wife. I'm very thankful for them. Um, we are going to be praying for him in the 11 o'clock service, but he is still... Um, very sick, and uh, we want to remember him in prayer. Um, he will not be able to make it here this morning, just has been very sick, concerned about possibly having pneumonia, and uh, we want to, to pray. He, he very much so, more than anything, wants to be here, um, but I'm glad that he is um, he's home getting better and resting we need him to be well more than we need him here today. And, um, and so, as a matter of fact, why don't we lift our hands and why don't we pray right now? Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for Pastor Lord. As, as I did this morning, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the shepherd of this church, oh God. I pray strength and healing into his body in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, oh Lord... I ask you to clear up his lungs, oh God. Even now, as we pray and we agree on this thing, I pray that you would touch him right where he is, oh Lord. I ask for your healing, God, to come over him. Lord, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this man. We thank you for who he is, God, to us. Pray that you would minister to him even now. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said Amen, amen, amen. I, um, as I said, it's 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 an honor to teach you uh, this morning. I, I'm going to have you go ahead and be seated if you don't mind, and um, I'm going to be praying for brother and sister Gators as well after that. And uh, <laughs> she said, "Pray for him." She said, "Don't pray for me." She said, "I'm going to be fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to um, I want to teach today, and today I'm going to be beginning a new series. It's so good to have the Barsatis here, and uh, so thankful for you all. Give honor to you today, and so grateful for you. And um, sorry, commercial break. I just looked over and saw y'all, and I, 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 but we love you very much, and we're thankful for you. Yesterday, or not yesterday, but last week. I preached a, a, a message um, about the church according to Burger King, and uh, <laughs> and today I, I want to begin a series um, entitled "The Burger King Way." The Burger King Way. I, it is my goal to teach on uh, different facets of the church that aren't necessarily popular in our culture but are commanded by Scripture. And so I want to talk today about self-denial. Self-denial. Turn to your neighbor and say self-denial. We've been doing that for several weeks, 
and uh, we've been fasting, and it's been great. It's been a blessing, um, and we've got one more week to go. And uh, but I want to be able to I want to teach on this subject and bring some light into what Scripture says about the principle of self denial. Each day, all across North America and beyond, Burger King serves on average 15.7 million people. And one day, they serve 15.7 million people. That's approximately 5.7 billion people per year, or three-fourths of the Earth's population. And I can say with confidence this morning that I am one of those people. I am counted in that number, and after last week, I heard many of you are also counted in that number. Burger King employees were saying, said to somebody, they said, why are so many people pulling through this drive-thru that are dressed up? <laughs> and uh, so many people after last week went to Burger King, and so, so we're helping them out here at the Anchor Church. But um, uh, Burger King... Burger King has always had a very simple way. Go ahead and play the theme song. At Burger King, you can have it your way, you rule, right? At Burger King, the church is, at Burger King, it's, it's your will over God's will. At Burger King, in the Burger King way, it's the Bible bends to your lifestyle, not the other way around. The Burger King way is do what you want, say what you want, go where you want, look and listen to what you want, drink and eat what you want, wear as little or as much as you want. But the Burger King way is not God's way. Somebody say amen. In God's way, I don't rule, he does. When I do it God's way, I'm not the king, he is. Somebody say amen. In the real church, I don't live to please me. I live to please him. I don't change the Bible to fit my lifestyle. I change my lifestyle to fit the Bible. I don't do what I want. I don't say what I want. I don't go where I want. I do it his way because I don't want to be a part of a church that makes me happy. I want to be a part of a church that makes me ready. Somebody say amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Ladies and gentlemen, it's reasonable to do it God's way. It's reasonable to live this life the way God asked us to live this life. It's his church, and because it's his church, it's got to be done his way. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There is a way, amen, 
And the Bible says that that way is a narrow way. It's not a broad way. It's not, it's, it's not a, it's, there's not a, 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 it's not a all roads lead to heaven way. There is a narrow way that you and I must follow. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, he said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Your way, ladies and gentlemen, will make you happy at times. The Bible says that the pleasure of sin endures for a season. There is a pleasure to sin. There is. We, we, we can't say any otherwise. Sin is fun. But the fun, you've got to remember, is seasonal. The fun of sin is temporary. Oh, sure, sin is fun for a moment, but you better, you better know and believe that at the end of your fun in sin is bondage, is hopelessness, is trouble, is pain, is sorrow, is broken homes and failed marriages. At the end of the fun of sin is a debt that you cannot pay. But I'm so glad that when I serve the Lord, amen, the joy, amen, that I feel is not temporary. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures, not some of the time, but there are pleasures forevermore. When you make a decision to follow God and follow his way, you make a decision not to be happy all the time, but you make a decision to have joy with you in the midst of trouble, peace with you in the midst of a storm. Amen. Assure. I feel the Holy Ghost when you do it God's way, when it doesn't make sense for you to be happy and you to be joyful, there's just something in you that says I can't help but thank my God. Come on, because when you do it his way, it don't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to other people. Amen. But when you've got God and you're going his way, everything is going to be all right. Somebody say amen. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Nowhere in scripture are we promised happiness. Nowhere in scripture are we promised that uh, does God promise to make us happy. He didn't come to just make us happy. He came to give us joy and peace and hope. And more than anything, he came to make us ready. Amen. I don't want to be just happy all the time. I want to be ready. I want to have peace. Amen. I want to have rest. Amen. That's what I want to have. Amen. He said, I am the way, the truth in the life. We've got, you have, you and I, every day that we live, we have two options. We can do it his way or we can do it our way. But, but we cannot do it both ways. Both ways is not possible. Ladies and gentlemen, to have his way, we must deny our way. This is very simple, but it's very important to understand. To have it his way, we must deny our 
way. For the Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters. Nobody. Nobody can have it both ways. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot, by the, by the evidence in this book, you cannot have it your way and his way at the same time. It's not possible. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 38, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. That's a scary verse. If you don't take your cross and follow him, we're not worthy of him. He that findeth his life shall lose it. What does that mean? That means if you cling to your life, you will lose your life. But the Bible says, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Meaning, if you give up your life for Christ, you will find it. So if you, if you find your life, if you try to keep your way, you're going to lose your life. But if you relinquish your way for God's way, you're going to find life. You're going to find what you're looking for. Somebody say amen. To have his way, we must deny our way. Matthew 16 and 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, meaning if any man will be my follower, let him deny himself, meaning you must give up your own way. Take up his cross and follow me. And it repeats it again. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? If we are going to have his way, Scripture commands us that we have to deny our way. He said, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. Ladies and gentlemen, when we follow him, we take up a cross. You want to know what I've learned about the cross that God commands us to take up? The cross isn't heavy. The cross is inconvenient. The cross isn't isn't heavy. I, I, I should have had a big cross up here, but I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine a cross on my, a, a cross across the back, my, uh, uh, across me here. I, the cross isn't heavy. It's, it's inconvenient. I, I'm commanded by Scripture to take the cross with me. Wherever I go, I, I got to be carrying a cross. That, that, that means if I, if I came right here and tried to sit by you, it's a, it's a, it's a little inconvenient because I, when, when I'm attached to the cross, I can't, I can't live or move the exact way that I lived or moved before. It's, it's not heavy. It's, it's inconvenient. It makes me walk different. It makes me, it makes me talk different. It makes me think about a conversation before I have a conversation. 
It makes me careful or cautious about rooms that I go into and rooms that I stay out of. It's not heavy, it's, it's inconvenient. Yeah, the cross changes the way that we walk, that we live, that we talk. The cross changes everything about the way that we live. It's not a heavy cross, it's an inconvenient cross. What is it about? What is the cross about? What was the cross of Christ about? Father, amen, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The cross was about relinquishing will, amen, to, to, to adhere to the will of God. And so when we take up our cross, we are saying, God, not my will will today, but your will be done. I want to do it your way. Amen. I don't, I'm not looking for the easy way out. I want to do it the way you want me to do it. We must carry a cross. We must deny our way and acknowledge and follow his way. What I want to teach today is on this. How, how do we deny our way. If it's so important to do it God's way, if it's so important to follow God and all that we do and say and act and live, how, how, do, how do we do that? How do we flesh that out? What, is, what does scripture teach us about self-denial? We do this through three, three, three things. There it is. Daily death, obedience to his word, and fasting. Daily death, obedience to, now listen, some of y'all walked into church for the first time. I'm not talking about daily death in a, in a scary way. We're not, we're not a crazy church around here. Nobody's dying physically, right? Daily death, obedience to his word, and fasting. Scripture commands us in Colossians chapter 3, this is what I mean by daily death. Scripture commands us in Colossians 3 and 5, mortify. Somebody say mortify. Therefore your members which are upon the earth, meaning mortify means put to death. Put to death the sinful and earthly things lurking within you. Scripture teaches us you've got to put to death the sinful things, the earthly things that are lurking within you. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost does not automatically rid you of the ability to sin or make mistakes. The Holy Ghost isn't our janitor, and it doesn't just fix everything. Listen, there is nothing like the Holy Ghost, and we've got to have the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost, amen, is meant to partner with you and help you overcome the desires of your flesh. That's what the Holy Ghost is for, amen. It's strength to you. It gives you power. It gives you comfort. The Holy Ghost is a helper to you to put to death, amen, the desires and the lusts of your flesh so you won't walk in the flesh, but you will walk in the Spirit. Somebody say amen. He said, put away fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, and all these other things. He said, put, put away those other things. Romans 8 and 13, for, for if ye live after the flesh, 
ye shall die. Now listen, this is Romans. This is Romans. This was the book written by Paul to the church at Rome. Right? This is the book of Romans to the Roman church, to people that are already saved. He said, if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify or kill the deeds of the body, ye shall live. As the church, it's not enough to repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's important, and we've got to do it, and we've got to have it, and we're going to push for it, preach it, and believe it, and, and, and we want everybody to experience that. Amen. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't, your, our walk with God, that is not a, a, a finish line. That is a birth. That is a starting line. That is, that is the place where we start, not where we finish. And so we, the church, we are commanded to not live after the flesh, but through the Spirit kill the deeds of the body. And if we will do that, we will live. Our spirit will live. Has anybody, has ever, has anybody ever been in a stage in your life where your walk with God was a roller coaster? Up one day, down the next up one month, down the next. Spiritually good one month, but terrible the next. Ready to win your world one, one month, but, but ready to throw in the towel the next. Has, has anybody ever experienced that? I think we all have at some point in our life. We've experienced the highs and the lows. But, but let, me, let me tell you something, and I don't say this as an insult, but I say this as a reality that we have to acknowledge and pursue. It's not the will of God that our entire spiritual lives are a roller coaster. It's not the will of God that the highs are so high and the lows are so low that that may happen for a while, but it's not supposed to be that way forever. It's, I'll tell you, if it started like this, it's supposed to, the longer you live, those highs are gonna get, be a, be a little less dramatic and those lows are gonna get a little less dramatic. The longer you walk with God and the longer you're, you live, you, you live in your spiritual life, it's, it's supposed to get closer and closer to a straight line. Amen. We're supposed to, we're, we're, we're not, I don't think any of us are ever going to attain this. I don't think any of us are ever going to be so so steady, I, I want to be steady, I want to be consistent, but I, I don't know that any of us are gonna get this way until we see him in glory. But, but the longer we live in Christ, those, 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 those mountains and valleys need to even out a little bit. They need, to, they need to be less, those lows need to be far less. Are you with me right now? How do we do that? Through self-denial. How do we do that? Through mortifying our flesh. Through saying no to our flesh. I've got a question for you this morning. Can you tell yourself no? 
Can you tell yourself no? This is a question. This is a question that 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 that, that is is going to determine whether you are in the church for the rest of your life or not. This is how important that question is. If you're going to be in the church forever, you're going to learn how to tell yourself no. In some way, form, or fashion, the people that endure until the end are the people that have the ability to tell themselves no. It's true. Because because we can't have his way without denying ours. So how do we do that? I'm, I'm going to teach you a few things here. Number one, you've got to understand that self-denial is a muscle. It's a muscle. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Self-denial is like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it becomes. Does this make sense? When I go to the gym, because I do it all the time, clearly, I mean, look at me. I don't go to the gym. Clearly, look at me. <laughs> the longer, if I were to go to the gym, if I would work out this muscle, the more I would work out this muscle, <laughs> some of you are still laughing. Lauren, I don't appreciate that. The longer I work out this muscle and the more often I work out this muscle, the easier it is for that muscle to lift heavier things. Self-denial is the same way. If you will do it, if you will practice it, it will become stronger over time. Amen. It really will. And so I remember as a teenager... I, you know, it probably doesn't start this way for everybody, but as a teenager, the first act of self-denial that I can remember is pastor calling all of the young ministers on a three-day fast. That was my first taste of self-denial. I was 12, and it was miserable. It was terrible. I can say, I can talk about this because it was a group fast, and everybody, people knew it and knew what was going on, and, and we fasted for three days, and I thought I was going to die. Everything looked like food. Everything was tempting. You could smell, I remember smelling Captain D's. Even Captain D's smelled good at that moment. I, I just wanted to eat something. That was my first, day, that was my first taste of self-denial. But, but maybe, maybe that's not the way you start out, although some of you uh, may start out that way. For some of you, maybe your first, your first act of self-denial, uh, and I say this to our young people, is saying no to your flesh in, in, just, in just certain everyday ways. I heard Terry Schock teach this one time. He's an amazing teacher and man of God. He said, you've got to pick up the act of self-denial. He said, start small. If you want a cheeseburger that day, go eat something else. Go tell your, tell your flesh no and eat something different. That's a small, attainable way to start in the world of self-denial. But listen, don't, don't, if, if you start there, don't, don't live there. Start there. Tell yourself no and exercise the muscle. And, and, and the more you exercise the muscle, the, the stronger it becomes. I, 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 am, I am not, 
I'm not, I do not want to be offensive. I do not want to be interpreted as mean. But, but I, I, I'm going to say this for the sake of teaching. Uh, it, is, it is possible for your flesh to become so strong that your flesh makes you believe that there are issues in your body that make you not be that that, that 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 to where you think and believe that you are not able to fast. I'm gonna talk about it. Now listen, I want every every senior, I want every person who has who has true and honest health conditions, I want you to hear me. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm not talking to our seniors that can't fast like they used to fast. I'm not talking about people with real conditions and real health problems that, that forbid them from, from doing certain fasts certain ways. But you better hear me. You better never let your flesh tell you something that you're actually not. You better never let your flesh take you to a place where it makes you believe that, well, I can't fast that because I'm in this much pain or this hurts or that hurts or this is going on. Listen, that's, that's that, the reason your flesh is rising up like that is because you've got to overcome it. Come on. Fasting is going to hurt a little bit. Fasting is going to be a little bit painful at times, but you've got to answer the question, do you want to have authority over your flesh or not? Do you want to do it God's way or not? Don't you dare let your health, don't you dare let something you've imagined or made up in your mind become an excuse for you not to be able to fast and in reality miss heaven over. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Scripture doesn't really support somebody that can't deny their way and go his way. Scripture doesn't really support that person making it to heaven. It doesn't. It doesn't support it. I'm not here to make you mad. I'm just here to be honest with you. You've got to overcome your flesh in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Don't let your flesh tell you what it's going to do. You tell your flesh what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all need to look at yourself in the mirror, and you need to tell yourself you're not going to win today. I'm not going to do what you want today. You're going to do what I want today. Oh, yeah. We've got to learn the practice of self-denial. You want to know why? Because if you don't pick it up through fasting and self-denial, you'll have no authority over your mind. You'll have no, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You'll have no authority over your emotions. None. You, your, your feelings, your, you will wax and wane according to the emotions that you feel that day. It, it is right, it's right, it's right. You'll feel lost one day and you'll feel saved the next. And as your emotions go, you will go. Why? Because you don't know how to deny yourself. You don't know how to say no to your flesh and your emotions. But when you get authority over your flesh, you also get authority over your emotions. You also get authority over your mind and the way this stupid thing thinks sometimes. You're not going to think that way. You're not lost. You're saved. You're right. And you're going to walk in Christ today. You've got to have self-denial because you don't want to live according to the emotions that flow through this mind. You want to live according to the steady, steadfast, anointed, and settled word of God. 
Self-denial touches every aspect of our lives. You got people that can't hold a job for more than six months because there's no self-denial. They don't know how to, they don't know how to overcome being tired in the morning. They don't know how to overcome having a desire to do something else because they have no authority over their flesh. They they desire something that's more than they can afford. They desire an item or a thing or something that's, that's way out of their budget and they can't afford it. And because they can't tell themselves no in that moment, because they can't deny themselves, they purchase the thing and struggle for the rest of the month. Because you can't tell yourself no. I'm stern, but I'm right in this building right now. You've got to be able to pick up the practice of self-denial, not just, not because it doesn't just affect one area. It affects every area of your life. Pick up and practice self-denial. Somebody say amen. It's a muscle that you have to exercise. It's a muscle that you've got to work, and the more you work it, the stronger it will become. Amen. The more you practice it, the easier it will become. Somebody say amen. Ladies and gentlemen, fasting is a command. Fasting is not an option. Scripture teaches us that fasting is a command. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 33, he said unto them, and they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often? And make prayers, and likewise, the disciples of the Pharisees. But thine, they were talking to Jesus, but, but your disciples eat and drink. He said, why do John's disciples and the Pharisees, why do they fast and your disciples don't? Jesus said to them, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Meaning, Jesus said, Jesus said, do they need to fast when I'm with them? He said, they don't need to fast when I'm with them. He said, but the days, watch, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them. And then they, and then shall they fast in those days. He said, in the days that I am with you, you don't need to fast. But when I leave you, when he ascended up into the heavens, amen, when he left this earth, amen, it became necessary for us to fast, according to Scripture. Somebody say, amen. Matthew 6 and 16, the Bible says, moreover, when ye fast, not if ye fast, turn to your neighbor, say, when ye fast. Moreover, when you fast, that means, that means it's a command. That means we fast. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say to you, they have their reward, but thou, when thou fastest, not if thou fastest, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear un- unto men to fast, that, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. 
Fasting is a command of Scripture. Amen. Fasting is a commandment of Scripture, and it's a practice of self-denial. Because, ladies and gentlemen, whatever we feed is what is going to rule. Whatever we feed is what's going to rule. Whatever is stronger in your life is what's going to rule. I'm, I'm going to end on this. Brother, Brother Kevin, would you, would you come here for just a moment? Brother Trevor, would you come here for just a moment? Just stand right here and right here. Now let's say this, this is my flesh. This is my spirit. No insult to either one of you, but I, but I need to give a visual point here. If, if, if my flesh is bigger, stronger, taller, more attractive, strapping, I don't know, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. If, if my flesh is bigger, stronger, and all of that, who between the flesh and the spirit, because I've fed this daily. I've fed it with food. I've fed it with media. I've fed it with entertainment. I've fed it with, with, with giving in to its desires, with, with all the sweets and candy and chocolate and everything that I want. And if I've just, if I've just said yes to the, to the flesh all week long, guess what's going to be stronger? My flesh. And so when these things get to fighting, guess who's going to win? My flesh. But the purpose of fasting is that the flesh would become weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And so that eventually that it, the flesh becomes, becomes uh, uh, weak enough to not be overtaken, uh, to be overtaken by the Spirit. Does this make sense? Whatever you feed is what will win. And so if I starve my flesh and feed my spirit, every emotion, temptation, every, everything in my life, in my flesh, can be overcome by my spirit when, when I feed my spirit. Are you with me? If I can, whatever, thank you gentlemen, whatever I continuously feed is what is going to win. And so I, I want to make sure, and we've got to make sure, we've got to make sure that we are feeding our spirit more than we are feeding our flesh. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to take up our cross, and we've got to follow him. Let's stand together. I want to follow God. Amen. I want, to, I want to live for the Lord. I don't want my flesh to overcome my spirit. I don't want to be, I don't want to not have the ability to tell myself no. I want to be able to determine through self-denial the way that I take and the way that I go, I want to follow Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your people today.
God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help us take on the practice of self-denial. God, we want to have authority over our flesh. In reality, we don't want to do it our way. We want to do it your way. And your way doesn't come to pass unless we deny ourselves and we follow you. God, help us this week. Help us this week, oh God. Help us this week to practice self-denial. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. God bless you today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.